ahead and adjust your uh, volume to 11. <laughs> we're, uh, so you can hear me slurp. We're going to get back into it on where the pavement ends today. I don't know. I listen to my stereo quite a bit louder than 11. Podcasting's different, though. You don't want to be blowing out your eardrums. I always have to have a 7 in anything I do. Even on the radio? Even in the radio. You should like be it, on that show on A&E. When I watch, when I watch yeah. TV at night, it's either 17, 27, whatever it is. I wake up in the morning, 5.37, 6.07. I know your alarm clock routine's weird. <laughs> whatever it is, it's always a what 7. What was your number in baseball, 7? Seven? 7. 7 and everything? Yep. What position did you play in football? Strong safety and running back. Was it okay to be a 7 in, in those positions? Yeah. What was your number, Clint? 17. Seven, in football, 17. Clint was 3. 3, three is my number. Clint baseball. left a piece of himself on the old football field and missed <laughs> part of his finger, which yeah. I think is cool. I wish you were missing a little bit more. Five I want to be missing like fingers. one joint of my pinky. You feel that in your golf swing or no? Not anymore. Nah, it's the pinky, so doesn't it's even bother me. down there, doesn't it? Jared will tell you he he's his swing's off. What's he in a way, maybe it helps because it kind of – Part of his pointer finger? No, it's ring finger. His is ring finger. Yeah, but he's like down. Yeah, he's, he's got, all the way down to his knuckle. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that that's thing, what I'm saying. That thing went crazy. It went from like a little. Like a bump, right? Not, not, not nodule, whatever you call that. Little nodule. Was it bone nodule. cancer? Is that what he had or something? He, no, he had cancer, but it was it was benign, but it still grew. So it, was, so it wasn't it, cancer. He just had a mass. Yeah, like had a mass. Yeah. yeah. They thought it was cancer, and then it ended up being benign. But anyway, Cancer's yeah. malignant. Tumors are non-cancerous or benign okay oh, yeah he had a tumor thanks doc he had a tumor. tumor that was benign and uh it started out with just a little thing and, and he noticed it because he he hit his finger on the table or something one day and he was like oh that was kind of sensitive and before it would even bumped out you know it, yeah and within three months that's <laughs> it was like a golf ball on his finger and they're like Oh, we better cut that off, and and it was already entwined and everything, and the only thing they could do is cut his finger off. It's kind I of didn't, crazy. I didn't know anything about that, but it kind of like a, it reminds me of a uh, you know because so Jared is our long range, you know, police officer guy that does he's long range shooting and stuff. So he's a heck of a shot, and I'm having images of a movie with Tom Berenger. Old sniper, sniper, oh, and when the yeah, guy yeah, catches yeah, him yeah. at the end, he, he puts that twist twist tie thing around, and he and he gets his trigger finger, and he lops it off at the joint. <laughs> so I had that image with Jared's half finger, but it's his middle finger. It's not his ring it's finger. It's his ring finger. Yeah. It's not a trigger finger, but yeah. Call yeah. him Tom Berenger. Yeah, he always messes with the kids now. That gives him the old nub. He'll he'll come up with a story of whatever a kid's doing wrong. You know, talk back talk in or so I lost no, my finger no, yeah it's, hey dad wasn't messing with me <laughs> he always messed with the that's why I said like one of my uncles was missing like a piece of one of his fingers I always thought it was so cool like maybe one day I'll be I mean, missing I can, a piece of, I want to just be missing like the tip of a pinky oh have you seen opportunity like if if we got a car jacked up or something and you could take my pinky up dude, I don't want a lot of I want all my fingers but the tip of one pinky preferably on my left hand okay that's me yeah. you, you'd be my twin yeah, but I want mine all the way off at the first joint. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. just think most cool guys you meet, tough guys are missing part of their fingers. Or extra ears, or like yeah. padded, padded ears. Yeah, yeah cauliflower Re- Wrestler ears. ears. Speaking of – no, I'm just kidding. Hey, speaking of speaking – <laughs> Speaking of, of losing a digit. Speaking <laughs> of digits, guess what I just pulled out of the candy bag from Halloween? What would you pull out there? You guess. Uh, Twixt? 
Whopper. Diet Ooh. Whoppers. Diet Whoppers, yeah. Only 100 calories per ball. Per ball. Not having having kids that are no longer trick-or-treat age saves me like at least three to four pounds of weight gain this time of year. <laughs> so I'm going to go off on a small tangent. When I was a kid, trick-or-treating age, and maybe you guys will identify too, maybe you won't. But when you got to that porch that just had the bowl sitting down and said, you know, take one or whatever, I mean, that was like heyday, right? I mean, even if it said take one, I'm taking a handful. I only took one. Yeah, I knew you would. Because my uh, dad would cut off my finger when I got home. Well, that's why you got all your fingers. Uh, <laughs> but so we had something to do. So I fill up a bowl full of candy. I want the kid to pour the whole bowl. I don't want the candy there anymore, <laughs> right? I put the bowl on the porch. I got the ring doorbell. We did not get one trick-or-treater this year. And I live in Pretty right affo- in Reno. Yeah. Not one trick-or-treater. We had three kids. Jilly's nieces came over and got candy. So now I have a whole bowl of candy that didn't. And, yeah, I've had 14 dark chocolate Hershey's today. Same here in this neighborhood. <laughs> in this neighborhood, we went around um, and some of the crazy houses. The adults went out. They built fires in the street. They cook little potluck, and you know, ours is a good trick or treat neighborhood. Have too. stuff for the adults, not just the kids, you yeah. know. And we went by this year, and we were we actually started at seven, and went to nine, and they were like, "You're like our fifth people." It was crazy. I well, don't know. I don't year. know what the deal was this it, year. I don't know if it's the COVID stuff or. I, I, mm. I was disappointed. I mean. Well, the only thing about yours because you got a pretty good climb up to you know your the main street up to your Are street you is me a little bit of a climb. That lazy? Dude, I, I that remember when I was a kid, of it. my mom would not let us start till dark. Yeah, got to be dark. Got to be dark. But it would be like, j- j- I mean, the sun. It was it was still a little. It was dark. You're but it pushing wasn't. it. Yeah, we were pushing it, and we would go as late as she would let us, and we would run from house to house to house, dude. Like the goal was trying to get half a pillowcase. Yeah, we we had nine kids with us, I think, this year on the trailer, and they ran for the first twenty houses, then walked the rest of the time. Yeah. Um, but what it was funny when we would go around, and there's a couple other groups of kids that we were kind of you know meet up every other street, you know? And they're like, oh, we got to come back here because they're giving full-size candy. Mm-hmm. You know, full-size candy. We're like, we're not going to go to that house. No, we go, they, they only give... Oh, this is what pissed me <laughs> This reminded me of Sully's mom. This one lady gave like a one of these little small candies and taped to it was a uh, kind of like postcard size marketing thing of her real estate. No. Company. Hmm. She put her real estate marketing on all the kids came out of the house. And, and you know, some, I remember last year someone gave like a, a pizza, like 10% coupon off pizza or yeah. coupon or something. And I thought that's what they were. And it looked at it and it was her real estate marketing place. I was just like, oh, my she would have been God. smart to put it on a full, you know, a full size piece of candy. No, it you was know, a little then, one. And the parents, like, ooh, she's generous. And maybe nope. I'll well, look her up. You got you to gotta somewhat open that. Or, you know, make it so the parents got to check that piece. That way they get that flyer, you know. If it's a perfect piece of candy, the kid's just going to throw that flyer away and eat it. <laughs> or you got to give them, like, some weird candy that they got to go, Mom, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. My, my funny quick Halloween story is it's either 2010 or 2012, and everybody's up at the house. At this time, Clay or Chad don't have kids. Um so Giants game's on. Forget which game. Game four, game five, big important game. And we're going to go trick-or-treat, and we pause it. 
go through trick-or-treating and i mean hit all the houses got three quarters of a pillowcase full of candy and we're coming back down the last street to turn onto my street and this. we're we're heading home because <laughs> i th- if i remember right like your dvrs back in those days i think you got like a two-hour delay yeah and then it would just start up it couldn't couldn't stay behind any longer so i'm like oh, man, it's about right about two hours and uh one more house, Dad. One more house. So we took a right-hand turn and hit this one last house. And, and I am not over-exaggerating. <laughs> it was the last house that we did because it was one more than what I was planning on doing. And I had a giant sweatshirt on. And I I mean, how many houses in two hours? We hit 50 houses, 40 houses, whatever. The very last one opened the door, and this old man looks at my jersey or my sweatshirt and goes, how about them giants? Uh, I, <laughs> I went, son of a gun. And it was a great game. It was one of those, I don't think they were losing. It was losing, 2010. Yeah. It, was, it had to have been 10, huh? Yeah. yeah that's, my, that's my Halloween story that I just thought of. <laughs> how well, about what, them giants? Are you going to, uh, that's not Halloween, but the next holiday is Thanksgiving. You, you're not even going to be around Thanksgiving. I have a holiday before Thanksgiving. What's or dur- during Thanksgiving. Yeah. You have a holiday. My ilk hunt. Sidebar. I'm yeah. hunting that week. Opens up on Sunday the 21st, and I'm going to hunt through Thanksgiving. I'm going to be there, I hope. I'm going to be there, be. I hope. <laughs> you better be. So, I, when, yeah, what's your story? You you might go to your brother's. No, well, my brother has a sh- uh, desert bighorn tag. Yeah, it's a second one, though. It is true. <laughs> Uh, I should, yeah, that's really kind of just pissed me off. You just said that he's got two and I've never had one. Nobody in this room's ever had one. Nope. Everybody in this group of hunters has never had one. Most of us have 20 points. My brother draws two of them. He does have a tag, but his tag goes for like a month and they don't, uh, they're not like, uh, they don't migrate or anything. You know what I mean? Like. I guess you could you could theorize that somebody could shoot a really big one before you got up there, but who would have ever known you if you would have got it either? So you could go later, I guess is what I'm saying there. But it sounds like you know preliminary thinking is that he's going to uh, hunt his opening day, which is a Saturday, which is your twentieth, a Saturday, and I'm then the next I think day. he's going to hunt Sunday. Then he wants to come up for Thanksgiving, and okay. I, and then I think I'm going to go to Ely. So unless Clint kills one in the first two days. No, only one day. Sunday is opening for him. Sunday's opening day? Yeah. Oh, and Saturday's my brother? Yeah, he's one day. So So it could work out really nice. I'll get a good little scout day in, and Mm -hmm. we'll start getting to work on on Monday. Man. I'm worried. I'm worried. I haven't seen anything. I, I have not seen any big deer killed in Nevada. Not one. The deer, the deer situation is very. Terrible. I haven't seen any big elk killed. In, I mean, I've seen some three eighty. Well, you want a big re- giant? Re- right? I mean, that's, remember, there's remember that there was really good bulls killed during archery season. Really good bulls, and then remember, there's a big break. There's basically a month break. So they just started back up with muzzleloader, uh, the twenty second. So we're just, and they were done, what's today? So they're done, I think, on the 4th or 5th. Well, they had that early. So they're done the end of this week. So they Oh, you're right. They haven't hunted. So as far yeah, as the, you know, things slowing down, they just haven't been hunted. That, I think there's been a cow tag better. in there somewhere, and obviously deer. But yeah, the elk I forgot, because Chance's early tag started basically November, around Halloween. Right? No, t- November right, 4th. Next November week, 5th. This week. November 4th, Two weeks 5th, prior 6th, to, uh, yeah. to the right 21st. There is a Nevada tag that's earlier, because... 
the yeah, people just, be hunting. Yeah, not his section Halloween, though. but not maybe not your area. Yeah. Oh, good. And yeah, I just I think you know, and I'd have to look at the book, but there's not a ton of muzzleloader tags given, and not a lot of people hunt muzzleloader. So I, I think there's probably just a natural slowing in muzzleloader season. Good. All right. Well, good. Then I feel better now. Yeah. <laughs> but I did. I there was not a lot of big antelope killed. We we we've been in a bad drought, which is I guess not where we're going to go, but. You know, terrible if you want to reason careful deer, not just drought, but predators and yeah. Low feed, feed and no, yeah, everything. nothing. But yeah, it's been a weird year as far as seeing big. You know, usually you see on social media nowadays all the big, big bucks and stuff getting good. Yeah, so so you're you're still feeling good. Yeah, and I just the debate I think that they're having, especially the people who do it for a living, um, is too many tags. There's just too many tags bottom line and you could go into all the different reasons as a result of that 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 might hurt the populations but for deer they figure that that that's that's the cure i guess for it is they've got a i i've i've read a few things uh recently one on the mule deer and then one on the on the elk uh too many tags for the deer obviously in combination with the drought but it's just they, they, the only way it's going to fix it is they have to give out a lot less tags, which is a lot less money for the system. But you know that that's that's the deer side of stuff. And then with the elk, I was reading something interesting on uh, on the spike tags. So you know it's a spike only kind of a thing, mm-hmm. depredation or whatever, and spike only. Well, that spike could turn into a three hundred fifty, three hundred sixty inch, you know, six point bull elk, but you're never going to know. So. They're not big fans of the spike tag as far as maybe that's why there's not as many, you know, well, it, trophy bull elk being killed potentially over time. So And the deer, because the deer, as more people kill more deer, right, with more tags and the drought and everything goes with it, predators, that guy who didn't hasn't had a tag for five years, you know, and he goes out there and there's no deer – and he might see a young, maybe four point, and that's the biggest thing he's seen. He's going to kill it. Sure. Where usually he would let that walk right. to grow bigger another year. But not those just ones, him, that, but his genetics, yeah, yeah all sure, his genetics. Sure, so sure. he's he's not in the gene pool. He's you know he's not allowed to grow to that five six year old because that's all they're seeing is maybe one good three year old that. Hey, it's my biggest one. Well, my thinking, and if you were to sit down with most people. And let's say, let's not trophy hunt anymore. Let's do, you know, only <laughs> whatever it is, right? The old coal buck thing. All coal buck thing or, you know, whatever it is. I think that's another thing that you can. Only I, kill odd number horns. Got to be a four by three, four three by, by three, two, something. two by one. Sure. You know, five by six, leave all the four. Uh, I mean, at least, at least have tags open to that and have those be plentiful to, to you know, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's a public area. You're not growing deer like you are whitetail, and you can manage your deer operation and all that stuff. But I, I think a factor on the east side of the state, if I had to guess, because we don't live over there, but with elk hunting over there recently, is the elk population is doing very well. I mean, there's oh, between yeah. the I mean cow to bull ratio and all that, but there's a lot of elk, and I would, I think that that's got to at some point there's a tipping point where that's affecting the mule deer herds because they're eating the same stuff. Deer, yes, they're overeating. Horses, elk. I think uh, the, I think there's something. I mean, they, they're not going to admit that part of it, but I think the bull elk and the cow elk probably need to be managed a little bit more. If anything, they need to give out more cow elk tags. If That I could see helping the mule deer herds. 
on the eastern side of the state, obviously, because they're yeah. not over here. But because right. I don't, you know, our our deer population isn't bad over here. It's it's been st- it's been steady. You know, there's there's never been monster monsters for a long time over here, but they're they're well, that's not the struggling. But yeah, on the they, east side, <laughs> they can kill some really big deer there all the time, and now they're very rare. And at the same time, the elk are doing very well. So yeah, to me, they got to manage that elk herd a little bit more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hot in the podcast room tonight. Today, bud, it is warm. <laughs> well, I think somebody went over there and adjusted the. Uh, I'm going to go look. That's why I had to crack another cold one open. I started to get a little parched. There's no drought in here, though. There's no drought in here. There's no drought in here. There's no. Be- <laughs> we do not have a beer drought. <laughs> That's a good thing. All right. So what? Uh, give us a little update on. Uh, n- enough about me. Let's hear about you. You got a. Uh, You've got quite the workout regimen going on, huh? Yeah, yeah. Four, I need four or five days a week. I, uh, I've been loading my Eberly stock pack up with, a, I think it's like a sixty-three pound bag of um, um, driveway sand kind of stuff. So it's in that nice, strong, not burlap sack, but the white nylon where it's yeah. not going to break kind of Web thing. And yeah, I've been I've been strapping that onto the frame pack. And um, you forgot to say new Eberly stock pack. N- new. But it's getting worn in pretty good. I mean, we've had them for a month. I've never used mine. Shoot, that thing's gotten that thing's gotten 12, 12 hikes in for sure. So yeah, I've been going out early in the morning, and this morning I was hiking up the mountain in the dark. It was kind of cool, and I never saw one coyote. Is it Eberly stock or Eberly stock? I've heard I've heard it said both ways. <laughs> I gotta ask Greg. I'm going it's a heck of a. I don't like to say Eb. I'm pretty sure yeah, it's, Eber, it's Eberly stock. I think Eb too. Is that great. what I said? Everybody's you said Eve. Yeah, you said well, Eve. No, you're a weirdo. Myself. But yeah, they they make a really nice pack system, and I'm I'm Power I really like mine a lot. Working in and everything. Getting, is are, it like a pair of shoes? You kind of get broke in a little bit to yep. your shape of your shoulder and yep. such. I found out early on, you know, because if you look, if you put your pack on and maybe you just have a, you throw your spot and scope and maybe your rifle on there or something, just a little bit of weight, it doesn't really test exactly where that pack's going to sit on your body. So the first time I loaded up that that 65 pounds or so um i was sore you know I, I could tell and i just i knew that it's like a, it didn't fit the way i wanted to so with that weight on there i realized i had to adjust where my uh shoulder harnesses went because i noticed the uh the the lumbar support part of the pack was hitting me pretty much down kind of almost the middle lower part of my tailbone with that weighted down so that tells me my shoulder straps were too high up on the frame right so I moved them down two two spot two or three spots and um, it sits perfect on yeah, the hips. And that's yeah, that's cool. How much? Oh, it's uh, it's like night and day. So now I'm not. I'm to the point now where I'm not even. I mean, I got up the mountain all the way up to the top this morning and came back down. I'm like, man, I'm not sore anymore. You know, B- big part of that's the pack too. Yeah, because it puts all that weight on your hips, and my hips are. You're going up with sixty three pounds on, and obviously coming back down with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a unless he didn't take a load off at, at the house in the morning. Yeah, well, maybe mean, you leave that bag up there, <laughs> alternate ups and downs. I think in some ways, you know, obviously the cardio going up, but down's not easy when down you're down. Knees. Down's a lot of load on your kneecaps and uh, your legs kind of get that little shaky kind of feel to them, you know, when you're getting tired. And your thoroughgood boots are... Oh, they've broken so good. Yeah. yeah, they've broken really good. They took, I mean, I think that's... They are they are kind of marketed that they're kind of pre-broke in a little bit, but for hiking no like that, is. you still got to get them broke in. And uh, 
they took a I would think, you know, if they break in right away, that's not as good a quality, right? That just means it loosened up. It's not near as, near as good a quality leather, but it took, I bet you it took eight to ten good hikes until those boots really felt like they were broken. And now you're like My ankle, them. and yeah, now, yeah, they're nice. They're are you doing nice. those low-cut hike boots, or you have the big boots? I got the low-cut uh, 400 insulate. Dra- Dracours? Is yes. that what that is? The Dracours? No, 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 the Dra- I can't, no, Dracours are the bigger the ones. have that have that propel you forward mm-hmm. technology on the heel. Um, no, I'm in I'm in the uh, I forget the cross name cut, too, but cross tech. It's right it's right on the tip of my tongue. I can see it, <laughs> but uh, they're the, they're the hiking boot. You know, they're that that's that's the hiking boot. And there's basically a what is it a four inch and a six inch or no six inch and eight inch. Yeah. I have the six inch, mm-hmm. which I like that. Just, I like that lower cut on the ankle. Um, but yeah, they're. Uh, I figure I figure a good that you're probably up to eighty pounds. I think your average probably if you're going to really load your pack up and bring something down you, off the mountain is eighty pounds. You just cut me off. So, I was going to say, what, what, what's the significance of sixty three? What do you think an elk quarter weighs with the lower leg cut off, but the bone still in? Bone it? ends about forty to forty five pounds so, for a so hind you're, quarter. You're you you figure you're hiking a hind quarter with a with some back strap or some different meat or a gun you know you well me i'm my plan is is to have head horn and cape and depending on how i'm feeling what that you know how far back in the country are either a front quarter or a hind quarter you want to try and do all that yeah that should be fine no the hind quarter is 40 <laughs> to lot. 45 the horns you know I'd probably I, I figure about an 80 pound pack i'll be how much are the it. horns you know Depends on how I think to me it's the the real weight's the cape. It's yeah, how much of that cape. cape that you know? Exactly. I think if you, I think I've always at least if you have enough people, you know, the guy the guy that takes the head, horns, cape, and some of the back some strap, scrap meat. you know, yeah, sure, whatever. Because sure. it's a good pack, you know. Because uh, I'm still gonna have my gun. I'm still gonna have yeah. my spot and scope, my tripod, all that. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. if you brought an empty pack frame in, you know, I think I think a guy could do it both the front quarters, or you you know you could do a hind quarter front quarter together type of thing but i yeah. don't i don't think you want to do head horns cape and a quarter maybe maybe a front quarter you know kind of thing oh man you know, we'll see we'll see how yeah. it adds up but i figure just weight wise because yeah, i think the i think the front quarters are usually you know they're more like 25 see, 30 pounds you're so. missing part of that finger dude you just have a little edge over everybody a little tough guy edge <laughs> but yeah i'm i mean it does give you a little bit more confidence that you know you can you know if it's a little further out there that's not going to be a big deal getting yourself in shape and um on the uh, on the shooting front uh shot in august late august and then shot um mid-october and every one of my uh 100 yard increment moas from august changed with temperature change temperature yeah they yeah. pretty much got more to significantly a bit lower like the 300 400 yard distances um i think somewhere around uh you know, like one and a half to two MOAs change and um, not as significant at those 700, 800 yard distances, but they all still changed a bit. Uh, now, do you anticipate a change going into late November? It was a pretty cool day when we went out there. So we should be, I figure if that, if, so let's just say we at 500 yards, it was, let's just go round up to two MOAs somewhere around a two inch difference i mean i'm still in a i'm still in a kill zone yeah 
right? So if it made that much difference from 95 degrees to, to, to 45, 50 degrees at shooting time, that's not going to be, let's just say it's, th- let's say it's 30 degrees. Let's say it's freezing when I shoot. With this adjustment, it's, swing, it's yeah. I mean, maybe we're talking two or three MOA, so I should still be really close. The only difference would be, I think the wind is maybe you're just going to have to factor that in. Because with the more bullet drop, obviously it's going to skew that much more with you have some wind. We've been lucky the few years we've hunted out there, the wind hasn't been bad. And I don't know if that's a common, you know, it doesn't get that bad over there. But I think in all the scouting trips and hunting trips, mm-hmm. we, we haven't had to really deal with the haven't had to deal with wind. wind too much there. And I'm going to knock on a little bit of wood. Yeah. <laughs> our luck continues. But also, you're up in them, up against those big mountains and maybe the wind's not as predominant over there. Yeah, you're not like, either. you're, you're just, usually not you're on the crest a, of the hill shooting or something like there that. There is a you're wind farm in. out there that Harry, uh, Harry <laughs> down Potter. Down the flats. Reed Harry put Potter. That the, the things barely move. Hell of a place for a wind farm, Harry. But he, at that time of year, you don't know. It could be three feet of snow, too. So yeah. Got It gators. was cold. Your, your hunt was cold. I mean, in the morning, it was, and at night. Well, then know, it snowed six inches. Then it snowed, but. <laughs> A chances hunt two years ago. It was once we got back to Cleve Creek. It yeah, got get real cold down in that water. It was we definitely had cold in that nights canyon because that sun hit. Mm-hmm. Got I mean it was the first place the sun got off you. And yeah, real cold. But yeah, I mean Nevada can be at that time especially there seventy five like, or thirty and four feet of snow. I mean, yeah, just the difference from November tenth to November twenty third or twenty fourth, whatever it's going to be like when I plan on putting one down you know those two weeks yeah you could like you said you could have sunny 70 yeah 65 yeah. degree type days at the highs to yeah three feet of snow in just a couple of weeks yeah you well that's it. what it was with chances year we we killed saw those good mule deer told dave stanley about the mule deer told him exactly where they were at he drove he drove started to drive back in there and couldn't even get back in anywhere near that country yeah. the snow, three feet of snow. That dropped that next weekend after we left mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, you so got yeah, to prepare for you gotta everything. You got to bring everything when you go over there. Because, yeah, like you said, you could have a 65-degree afternoon and yeah. a 25-degree night like nothing. Yeah. Are you, when you kill back here, are you going to let it hang like I did for a week, yeah. 10 days? Especially especially out there, you know, like that those, that first night or whatever, however the hunt works out. But, yeah, if you can let it hang in those cold temperatures, that'd be perfect. That's the ideal for sure. You let it hang, yeah. transport it, let it hang, transport it in the cooler, and then when you get back, yeah, I, I, w- I would like to get that nice crust on it. Let it hang in the garage if we're cold enough at that time of the year. It should be. It's by far the best meat you're going to have if you let it let it age. Mm-hmm. How's your confidence level on the grinding and butchering and preparing? This is going to be the the third bull you've worked on in the last three years, or yeah, you didn't four? help with Bubba's right? Two antelope. I thought you did help with Bubba's. You didn't help with Bubba's? No, not so much. I was working. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. Did couple, chances mine Bubba's now clean? I'll be doing yeah. four elk in four years. Elk. I did. You know, we got uh, chances mule deer, chances antelope. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, all that. So, yeah. Your antelope. We're like, you know, in, in recent years, we're like seven or eight animals for sure. Got it down good. Got the mix down good. Got the, the the pork shoulder that you get at the butcher, you know, mm-hmm. kind of tell them just the leave fat. all the fat in, you know. You got that all dialed in. We got a cool butcher here. I wonder if they would give the you. Would they give you fat? Who yeah. butcher? Or yeah. do they sell it? Yeah, they charge you very little. Two bucks. So yeah. <laughs> it's very cheap. Yeah, have them have them just to tell them to. As far as the pork shoulder, you just tell them don't trim it at all. Just yeah. 
pork shoulder nut pork untrimmed, butt, no trim. which is great for them because it saves them all that work. And then, yeah, all their trims off of their prime ribs as far as some beef fat and any of their pork chops or any of that kind of stuff, just throw it off to the side. And, yeah, um, I don't even know. I might have paid – they might have charged me like four bucks for a big old thing. of just – it was pure uh, – Pork it, it, it was It was beef and pork trimmings um, for the fat. Can you already taste that uh, <laughs> the the uh, breakfast sausage mix or whatever? God, that's good. It's all really pretty good. I just had a. I don't think I told you guys this either. I was digging through the deep freeze. I don't know three weeks ago or something like that, and and uh, <laughs> found out got a few um, of chance of twenty nineteen bull. Uh, we had what half a dozen, eight packages of um, chorizo, oh, and had nice. three or four packages of of, uh, of backstraps. Got I buried, still got a got, few of got them. Got buried under the Ego waffles. <laughs> they got buried down there. So <laughs> that's had, why I don't like those chest freezers. Yeah, I like the stand. Heather and so, I had had uh, I had three steaks, of them now. <laughs> and, but yeah, I got three packages that I'm planning on bringing on either the elk hunt or our next coyote trip between now and then. So. I got a couple of and they were good deer backstraps for my dad the last year. I'm gonna do backstraps tomorrow. I have one more pack or two more packs. You want to come out? You ever? Uh, do you believe in the phrase "change is good"? We typically open these podcasts up with who they're brought to you by. We forgot all about today. Got off on a Halloween tangent, <laughs> but right what a segment! Well, we just kind of went into about it. meat. We were talking about meat. Guess who brought you this podcast? Meat. <laughs> Meet your Meet maker dot com. You're gonna have to use their products if you get a bull. And I and I, and my perspective on that is maybe three different animals several years ago. Um, we we did this process with uh, Cabela's brand, and I mean you don't know any different because that's I've never used an industrial size one or anything like that. But the first time that we used a meat, I mean was going through it like butter it was crazy how much easier it made that process because it's a it's a it's a full day's work no matter what but it's when you can do the grind like you know you don't have to do like a double or a triple grind just to get it down you can just run it through there one time it makes it that much less work i was just talking about it's but it's kind of fun you know when you even when you like you said it's an all-day process but you throw some tunes on you you drink a couple beers, you you do your cutting and grinding and packing and labeling, and it's almost kind of fun. You know what I mean? It's like a yeah, you have it's kind of like if you work on a car, you work on a motorcycle. Yeah, it sucks. Like you could probably find something better to do with your Sunday afternoon, but at the same time, it's kind of fun. Like you know, you look forward to doing that that process. And for us, a couple it was beers, family couple time. Yeah, yeah. And, chance, chance was you know we had chance when he with his bull. Yeah, it's a little bit of a family. And then of course, you stack that stuff up, take some good pictures, and you know exactly what's in there. I'm gonna put Clay on the spot right now. Three hundred. No, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say <laughs> this real quick before you segue. Get a chance one time and look up uh, Seinfeld, um, Kramer, and Newman. Uh, uh, sausage making or something along those lines. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> you were just saying how fun it is and the experience and all that. There's just this little segment where they have something going on where they're making they're making uh, sausage links and they're doing it in, in uh, Jerry's kitchen and 
when you watch that, you'll know what I'm talking hmm. about. They're having a good grand old time. And it, I can't help but think of that scene every time I'm working in, in front of the meat, making, yeah. making sausage and stuff. No, I'm going to put creamer. Clay on the spot about the Provider Series rubs. What's that? Would, like? a, would, a, would, a, would a guy ever mix rubs into that ground meat? Yes, we do it, do it all the time. So you're going to do that? Yeah. I didn't did, know that. Did it on... We did it, uh, we talked about all the big game animals we did it, but um, this February, right when goose and duck season was over, we had like, I don't know, 100 and something geese, you know, all the snow geese that we killed. Like on that last weekend in California, you had, you know, 20 snow geese each and 10 specks each and all that. And we... We went through and had 200 pounds of, of goose grind in the freezer. But, yeah, you know, you do this, you know, flavoring that you do with big game, chorizo and all that, just obviously waterfowl meat. Um, but the swine is unbelievable for, like, a breakfast sausage mix. So you would do elk and, you know, the 80-20, whatever your mm-hmm. mix is, and you would pre-season it with that rub. You could, for sure. Because it's, it's a seasoning. Yeah. And, and vacuum seal it, freeze it, then it's basically ready to eat once you cook it. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Yep. Could do that or obviously just wait. And, like, because when you make chorizo or Italian sausage or hot Italian or maple bacon, right, those flavors are infused in the meat, right? You mix right. it in. If you just have the burger, then you can do whatever. You can make tacos out of it or hamburgers out of it, and then you get to add your seasoning. So if you know you want to have X amount of this, X amount of that. Yeah. You can make it as you see fit and add the spice in or the rub in. But if I guess you, you don't just, want to, you just leave it just plain and, and then just put add, it on when it thaws. Yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't know if, if it, I guess if you just knew you love that Sonora and rub and I want 10 pounds of Sonora burger, it's my favorite burger. You could pre-season it right there in the meat mixer after you ground it and, package it up then you pull it out reheat it or you know cook it yep. eat it and it's already done i wonder if the flavor would be more intense because it had all that time sure. to sit there with it it'd be sure an interesting be. experiment because basically the, the the stuff we're using is the same it's just a dry rub just you know just yeah mm-hmm. for the like he's saying the italian the sauce form. and breakfast yeah. sauce yeah, whatever. just rip open the package and dump it in there the same way yeah. so yeah you'll have to experiment with a little bit of that so what would be the uh what would be your first go-to for Elk venison. What would be your mixed? drop time? That's what I would have said too. Pre-mixed, drop time, or, or mixed in, or just seasoned with it over the top. Either way, but yeah, I Either think way. that's gonna that that's probably would be my first go-to for the for venison. Burger crosshairs can't yeah. get can't get any better for a burger rub than crosshairs. It, with that deal in there. Mm. We just had some of those this past God, weekend. It's unreal. Unreal. It's crazy on the, we just drove down to, from Reno down to Chico and passing through the, uh, I think they call it District 9 kind of area, which is kind of a cool, there's a little side story to that area too, but the migration is just kind of getting there. I could not believe. Did you see? How many uh, specks, (laughs) Uh, snows mixed in, but just specks. Yeah. There were some Canada's in there too, but I mean. Mostly specks. I I drove the same road. 93% specks. 
And I, I'm talking, well, there's a couple hundred birds, no, thousands, thousands. and thousands. Through of those birds. rice checks you're talking about? Step, yeah. You could step yeah. on Because yeah. they, they just flooded them. I mean, yeah. they had to have just flooded them within the last week or two. And I mean, and it, it was funny going in there on Friday, you know, that here's this field right here where there was, you know, there was, I don't know, 5,000 birds across these checks. And then the next day I was looking there to see if they were there again. I'm like, oh, yeah not on the roost or something like that. Well, I had to look to my right because they ate everything in these fields. And now they're just in the fields on the other side of the road, stacked in there and all that. And my, my wife goes, well, why are they in those fields? I'm like, the feet, they ate everything over there. It's all gone. They're just over here eating everything in this field now, you know? I Crazy remember I, birds. I drove through there one day and there were so many swans in one of those checks. Like you said, you, you could have walked across the backs of swans. That's to, off of Martinez. Not touch, not There's touch only, the water. I saw four. They're not down yet. Yeah. There was four swans I saw on the way home the other day, but a million specks. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, you could hear them when you stay at Rocky's place when they're flying over. You know, at night you can hear them flying uh, over. It's crazy. the The, the difference of being in a place that's got waterfowl and versus being in <laughs> flooded <Nevada>. desert. <laughs> what's it, Clay? What, what's that little? I alluded to the little side story about that District Nine area. You know what I'm talking about? What's your what? What would make that area kind of famous as far as some of the stuff that we do? Chad was telling me this story driving through there a while back. Uh, uh, Terry Denman. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. that's basically where the mojo came to be. Yeah. It wasn't called mojo back then. Um, it was a guy who developed it in like 96, 95, 96, and was basically selling these machines with a big white flapper, usually just one big white rotating thing in between two arms, probably 12, 14 inches long. And it would spin and you would kill every freaking duck in, or <laughs> goose in the country in 96. And the guy was selling them out of basically the back of his truck in parking lots along you know that area. Yeah, and as I understood, it was that, that it was kind of just like a local thing. You know, the people it was. in that area. So yeah. yeah, no, it was. So and some people still have those original ones. Like I think Rocky even has one, and some other people have some of those original. What I mean, what they now is Mojos, but um, Terry Denman. Um, I, I may be mistaken here, but I believe somehow maybe hunted out there. And saw him, right, and he, was, he yeah, and he yeah. bought the rights. He he yeah. bought the guy's company, basically. He saw the back, future. Yeah, saw the future and bought the guy's patents and and company and everything back in ninety five, six, two thousand, somewhere in there. And he brought obviously it to scale, Mo, as they Mojo say in the is, industry. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now he's done. <laughs> well, now he, he put had, it in the back of a decoy, right? Because it used to it, be just on like a bracket. Exactly. It was just on a metal bracket with one wing. Mm -hmm. He put it, he. He he's told me this uh, story several times. If uh, I probably forget all the numbers, but he has obviously all these patents in spinning wing decoys. And if I'm not mistaken, a lot of these other companies out there that have come after Mojo actually pay maybe yeah, a, ro a royalty, royalty because he owns. He's like, yeah, go ahead. I think his it. patent ran out last year. Or oh, did like it? That. Okay, well, before then, yeah. they had to pay him a certain amount of money. He's like, I don't care. Build your company. I'm not, you go do what you want, but you're going to pay me my, right. you know, deal. And so he did that, I guess, up until the patent ran out. I didn't know that. Um, but, yeah, he has the patent to put that motor, used to, I guess, now, in the decoy with the two spinning wings. And I remember him telling me, because 
a lot of people don't know this about Terry. They just think he is a, a waterfowl guy with Mojo. He is an absolute genius. He's an engineer. Oh, he's an engineer, yeah. He owns his own engineering firm down there in Louisiana. Still goes, works every day at the engineering firm and has a big company down there. And and when he developed the the new way to do the Mojo, he... I can't remember all the numbers, but he had this certain size motor that, let's say, ran at 700 RPMs. He knew he had to cut that back down because it was too fast for the wing beat of a duck. But at the time, those were the only motors that were available. So he had to do something to cut that motor down to 10th of the speed to get the correct wing More beat. Realistic. And so he, he had to put rubber bands Dip on it gears or, or and gears shit, yeah. and stuff and break that motor down. Um, but yeah, I mean, through the years, he's come up with a whole bunch of unbelievable patents and cool things. In the, in the I head. remember uh, I was goose hunting with Chad somewhere. It was either Colorado or Idaho or something. And a guy had, it basically looked like a, like a, a C shape. And it just had a flat um, piece of, like, sheet metal. And one side was painted black. One side was painted white. And he said they used to take them out in the field with a car battery. That that was the original. That's the guy. But that's, they were huge, right? That's they were, how they were. They yeah. were two feet big and car battery, and they would lunk them out. But, yeah, like you're he, saying. He had, so he had one of those. Original ones. Original ones, dude. And he, he Rocky, remember, I remember telling, talking to Rocky about it. He had one. When it first came out, him and his dad got a couple of them, and they killed. Every, he remembers just looking up, and ducks were you know a mile up there, as far as you can see, and they killed every duck that they needed to within you know thirty minutes of of shoot light, you know, for years because they've ne- it was never seen before. You know what's kind of crazy is uh, I was driving down downtown Reno, and we have a river you know that runs right through our downtown. And I just, I glanced down the river and it's hard to to say this story, but (laughs) I see, you know, this duck is flapping its back, flapping his wings on the water. And right away, my mind said, oh, somebody's got a mojo down there. That's how, like, it's, it's a legit deal. And and I know Terry's the godfather of it, but he didn't invent it, like you said. So whomever saw that and went, wonder if we could make a... You know, but then ter- for Terry to take it and put it like we have that floating one. You have, lots of people have that floating one. Yeah. When you see a duck sit up and backpedal, it's you know to shake the water <laughs> off its wings when they land mm-hmm. and shit. It is. It is it, exactly, dude. Like well, it's weird. Well, you know, you do that. You have all those mojos, but then he's come out with those flocka flickers that are on time delayed. All of them are different. They come. I think they come in four or eight packs or six packs or whatever. But if you put those they have them floating and they have them for dove they have them for geese um but they're just a little flag on top of a little five inch circular base that do just that because if you ever look at ducks in a raft on a pond uh, where sitting in a field they're always moving and always flapping yeah always flapping those wings they'll go down they'll go eat they'll prune themselves they'll go back to flip they'll do this and it's i mean it's just constant movement of a white flash here and a white flash there and those flock of flickers are deadly because they're you don't have to mess with them they're on a timer deal and they'll flash for four seconds and stop for 20. flash for two 
off for four, flash for six, five, and the, and you put those. You don't need a lot of them, but you put four or six of them in your spread all throughout. And there's a little flash over here, then off, and then a little flash over here. The flock flickers are deadly, huh. deadly, deadly. I don't know how the heck we just got on the mojo tangent. <laughs> Clint asked about mojo L cut. Clint asked about District D, Nine D yeah. D Nine. Is that a no? I I'm I'm really contemplating on well, I'm not contemplating. I'm in a pickle on what I'm doing. Am I going to Wisconsin to go see Vortex and Thoroughgood, or am I L cutting? But <sighs> there's a lot of stuff other than those things that are going to be the determinant of what I'm doing. Hmm. Well, I don't what know. would you like to do? Both. All. <laughs> fly to Wisconsin or drive to Wisconsin on the 10th. Hunt until the 20th. Fly back. Maybe I, I can. Uh, I don't know. What do they call it? Live stream or live Facebook it. So I don't you think you'll have you were, as there. if you were there. No, no, no. Meta, meta it. I'll meta it, and Alex will be holding the the satellite <laughs> over his shoulder, yeah. so we have that. Yeah, but want to do that. Uh, speaking of meta, meta, they're getting sued already. Because there's a <laughs> totally off t- subject, but you, I said Meta. Uh, a company already had Meta in the technology and app, and he'll buy them. He don't care. Well, that's so what he said. They off they they said uh, thirty million. You can have it. I think they they said you can buy it for thirty million. Our business and website and the rights and patents and all that i haven't heard but what a mistake for a huge company like that to make it's not even stupid but apparently i was reading this deal they they filed for that name back in like june in the somewhere where our patents are allowed caracos or caribbean or q i don't know where q something some place where american but it's kind of hidden you know kind of offshore deal where but the patents still run true and they filed there so no one could see it because they knew they had to do it Mm. but they didn't really do their research because these people that i'm talking about have had it for like three years or something (laughs) what's that called in general I mean, patent infringement. There's like there's like ten percent of my brain that's I'm like wish I knew what you guys were talking intellectual about. Intellectual property. But ninety percent. Intellectual property. I'm glad I don't. This shit's life's they too busy. They call it intellectual property. property. No, no, no. I'm talking about the idea. They got a name for people who their patent. They they go out and just basically buy up patents. They have not. They they don't oh, yeah. know anything about the industry. But they're they're lawyers, and they yeah. just go up and buy out mm-hmm. patents so that when the the hardworking entrepreneur guy invents it or you know comes up with He's a new way to do it mm-hmm. they got to buy it from yeah. them they're trolls but, are they just th- are they patent patent trolls patent trolls but this guy i've heard th- people the guys talk about, talking about legit business yeah. these, I, I get it but i just are reminded me of the patent troll yeah thing. they they go out and buy websites yeah. just hope you know it was like uh, yeah exactly websites, the website they'll, thing. they'll go you know let's say terry or yorkin wins the governorship right they'll go try to get everything on instagram they'll go get everything any, websites, any variation of any his variation name, of any, that and mm-hmm. buy them up and write them and then when they the the you know is that how do you feel about that just right off the don't even put any more thought into it just right now do you is it it makes you hate those oh, people fuck. right pisses me off so because yeah i guess there's some people go well, good for them man they're thinking ahead they're you know bullshit 
They're basically stealing from people who have well, the ability to think of ideas and stuff. Imagine, we were just talking about Terry. Imagine if there was those guys went out there and they bought up all those spinning wing, you know, all the technology and engineering that went into that, and Terry never was able to get that off the ground because right. of those guys. No, I, what yeah. a bunch of ass. That's a whole other show you could have. <laughs> but it, it is, it, and anybody that's ever dealt with it, and I've dealt with it, it it's a, you know, here's what I think is also lame. And there's a racket too. So you don't know a lot about patent, right? So you start, you know, Clint's spinning wing decoys, but you forget to get the trademark rights to t-shirts and hats. So now you've got a, now you've got this cool bit, you know, you got Clint, Clint spinning wing decoys and everybody loves them. And you, you, you want to make a hat and they, guess what? Either you're giving me, cause they look at those patents every day. This guy just filed for these spinning wing decoys, but he forgot to get the apparel part of it. Get it. They'll buy it. Then your business takes off and you go, man, I want to make shirts and hats. Not till you pay us. Yeah, that's, I agree, you know. And it's it's kind of funny because uh, you hear people make mistakes on websites. And I think it would be hard to make a mistake like on a patent or like intellectual property because they give you a lot of notices. But it could slip through the cracks. And that's why there's a intellectual property lawyers. Yep. <laughs> But we, uh, you know, we we forgot to uh, re-register our domain name. Not that anybody was looking, but just you know, it it's, it ran out and it just for the ice cream. Yeah, and it went. You know, it was on somebody's back burner, other email account type thing, and it went wow. away. Had we been like a Ben and Jerry's or something, somebody could have theoretically bought that website. And then they kind of hold you hostage, right? You want your website back? You let it lapse. It happened to my parents with mining claims back in the day. They used to they used to buy these mining claims every year, and the person that typically reminded them to to re up these mining claims didn't tell them, and somebody else bought them. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm. It's kind of a crazy. What what is the website? What you were just talking about the domain uh, to look them up. TahoeCreamery.com is what you're saying. TahoeCreamery.com. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mountain do you Blueberry. Think, to, uh, Tom, I was going to call you Tom. Tom, Alex, Alex. What provider rub do you think would go good on some of your Tahoe Creamery uh, ice cream? Uh, swine. Somebody sweet? told me swine. The sweet swine on on a. It would be good. sweet I don't and know. salty, huh? I tell you what, I've tried it on other things besides meat and vegetables. I've tried it on sunflower seeds, mm. and I've tried it on. Um, that makes sense. Sunflower seeds are awesome. How about those Spitz salted caramel? Is that the best sunflower seed you ever had? It's uh, like dessert. Uh, they the, are good. The dill pick. I can't. I could eat an oh, entire. All I can eat dill pickles till they. My mouth is raw. I never considered the the, the provider of the ice cream. What I really liked was when we were cooking over at the uh, Crabtree's Berwyn residence. Remember, we dipped that covey the vegetables in that cup. That that was good. Dude. I'm telling you, the, our rubs. You talking are really about that good. alcohol adult beverage that we were having? Mm-hmm. Mm. Are really good. They're really good. You ever put that sonore on the rim of a uh, Bloody Mary glass? I haven't yet. Do you drink Bloody Marys, but with tequila? Yeah. What Bloody, are they called? Bloody Maria. Ooh, spicy. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, but I'm just telling you, outside of meat, sunflower seeds, and I can't. I'm, I just blanked on what else I put it on. Vegetables. No, I'm besides food. 
You could put a six Bloody pack Maria. of beer or soda. You could put anything <laughs> in Literally. Oh, uh, my Lord. Your anyway. brain is slipping. Too much Bloody Maria's, apparently. Mm. Uh, I've never had a Bloody Mary with tequila. Bloody Maria. Ugh. Bloody Maria. Ugh. Sounds weird. <laughs> you don't like tequila or you don't like... I was I was of offered at our shindig this weekend, I was offered a shot. Hey, you want tequila or you want Jack Fire? And I'm, I looked at the guy and just he kind of knew, wasn't it? Logan, yeah, I definitely Jack went through fire. a, a, a silver Patron phase in my life. That it, it it's got to be really cold, and you got to have a nice juicy lime. Like when I go to Mexico, I I drink the piss I can, out. I of can it. slide into whatever <laughs> Maria you want. It's just the nostalgia. It's where you're <laughs> bloody Maria, <laughs> bloody Maria. Slide right uh, slide in into any Maria. That's kind of funny right there. Slip yeah, the old tongue. It would be hard for me to take a shot at the key. It has to be cold for sure. I remember, <laughs> well, I'll just give you a brief story. We were at a nightclub once, and they had these big, like, spotlights that went up behind the bar, you know? And they had the Silver Patron sitting on one of those lights just, uh, just by chance. I don't think they meant to do it. And so we, we ordered a couple shots, and it had to have been – it was it was hot. It wasn't room temperature. It was hot, and it literally like when I took it, it you know, it was like it was like taking a shot of hot tea, but that tasted like tequila, dude. I puked right on the floor right there. It literally it was like something you couldn't swallow. It was almost like it was the same temperature as your gut. So hotter. tequila tequila's kind of already got like to me. Like it, I'm just not a tequila person. It kind of got a little vomity. I don't like know. Just little, no, tequila it's, a, it's the same temperature as your gut, so when it hit it, it just come right I back up. I don't know, dude. It was, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, and I know they didn't intend to do it, but it was... How, yeah. old, how old were you, roughly? I was in my 20s, you know. Oh, yeah. so you were... But that's I was at a nightclub. See, to me, that's part of it. I think that is what it is for me. Tequila is, is getting... You know, you get sick off of something oh, when yeah. you're young. You just have a... You have it in your mind. They, southern it's comfort. Never gonna, it's never going to be good. Don't ever bring Southern comfort around me. <laughs> and one time I puked because up of a that, Jaeger. Right? The, the first hangover I, I vividly remember was Jaegermeister. Mm. And the next morning, I didn't feel the hangover like I feel now, but I, I just... I didn't feel great. And I remember I took a sip of a Coke and it tasted like Jaeger... And I went and puked in the bathroom. I still live with my parents. And they were like, are you sick? And, and I didn't want to tell them, you know, that I drank four bottles of Jaeger and ice or, or whatever the night before. Was it's this, hard for me to drink Jaeger now, but I can do was it. Was this like two, three years ago then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Southern Comfort, don't even bring it around me. Can't nope. can't do it. Got sick on it in high school. What, what's don't the, want what's the stepbrothers' it. names in the show? What are their names? Uh, in Step Brothers? Yeah. The movie? Will Ferrell and... What's his name? Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! How can we not think of this, dude? Dale. Uh, Dale. 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 Oh, man, did we just become best friends? Yeah, because oh, you you Southern Comfort Jaeger too. <laughs> I can't believe I can't think of their name. Doback. I'm not calling him Dad. Dale Doback and <laughs> yeah, Mr. Doback. That's right. I cannot believe this is embarrassing. Are you are you googling? Yes. See. This is what's wrong, too. You have to let your brain work. I know we're on a podcast, but you got to let your brain work. You can't instantly go to Google. Well, let I want your all brain that dead work. air. I, I know the answer now. Do you want to continue to let your brain work? What does it start with? Well, if I tell you, you'll get it. Dale. I'll give you four minutes while we continue to talk. All right. Clay has a computer in front of him, so I'm not going to No, I'm it. not looking. I'm the only one. So starts with ahead. a B. Continue with your subject line. B, Brandon? 
Oh, yeah. Brandon, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon. 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 Brandon Huff. Yeah. Huff and Doback. Can't believe we couldn't think of that. But you're okay. right. Clint is a smart guy when it comes to the body, and I shouldn't have Googled that so fast, but I didn't want that dead air. We need a intern that sits in the corner and just Googles Ooh, everything. Like, like Rogan? <laughs> just, he could sit there. Obviously, no one saw where there is, but there's an empty chair, and he could slide little pieces of paper. Would have said, you know, Huff and Doback on it right there. Right. Boats right. and hose. Keep streaming along. Oh, yeah. Just keep on going. Yeah. You think Rogan has that? Of course. Yeah. He pulls up the videos all the, all the time. He sits there on the screen oh, right there to the right. Yeah. yeah. We could be as smooth as Biden. Just just keep on rolling. Never stumble over our words. United States. I saw a very funny photo of a dog taking a dump, and it said, sliding a Biden. And I felt like that was a pretty good analogy. <laughs> How about analogy. The, the funniest one I've seen recently, and I can't believe it. Are I we going politics? I love it. Well, Let's get into politics. I no. love, the, I love no? the, the, there's some backstory, I'm sure you guys are aware, but the backstory of what happened in Europe, and specifically in Rome, he's meeting with the Pope. And oh, the, oh yeah. Yeah, and the Pope says, uh, Pope says, "Did you just fart?" He, he says, "Some or, of it, yeah, <laughs> or most of it, or <laughs> some. some was, was that a was that a fart just now?" He says, "Yeah, some of it." Yeah, <laughs> that one's hilarious. Nobody, nobody ever taught Biden that it's it's okay to fart while you're pooping, but it's not okay to poop while you're farting. <laughs> Which I was a little behind on that because I was out of town. But what was where does that come from? There was a report like, out of so there's no video of a weird walk or a, he was he was two three something hours late to a meeting with the Pope, and his people said that he was he had something to do with the bathroom or something and he had were, some digestive issues something yeah. maybe he just needed a nap there's a new there's a new who knows what if it's true or false but on the internet and in one one photo from apparently the same day he's in a blue suit and then after the incident uh. he's in a black suit like maybe a little ran down his leg and got on a suit <laughs> a little George to, Brett they had to do <laughs> hey the good thing is Biden <laughs> Called me, said the next morning he had a perfect double taper shirt. <laughs> Someone, I saw the, do you see the picture too, where it was the steps up to Air Force One? And oh, that's all little, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> little piles of shit yeah. all, hey, all the way up. <laughs> somebody ought to call George. George is a big Trump guy, but now he's got a little something in common with Biden and shit his pants. Maybe that, maybe that'd be a little huff and dough back. Did we just become best friends? And how about just, uh, no, a, a, I don't think they would be anybody no. out there that wants to get a really good laugh, turning the volume up high. YouTube, YouTube, George Brett, and you won't even have to type anything else in. It's usually the first thing that pops up, poops his pants and enjoy about leave, yeah, six leave it minutes there. worth of leave it uh, there. just pure unadulterated, Comedy. It's Comedy. the funniest thing you'll ever see. About as raw and just authentic as you're going to get. Baseball. That's what a, a man. You know what I like to do? Is put <laughs> dragon on the other side of my burger from Crosshairs. Little, Give it a little spice. Did you just transition from... <laughs> restroom to eating again? Are you yeah. getting hungry? It is I'm very late. hungry. Wouldn't I, it make sense to do it on half? So on both sides, half one and half the other. Because if you do it on the other side, you're going to take a bite and you're still going to get both flavors at the same time. Do you, is that what you want? Yes. Or you want them separate? You want no, the, I want, you want the, the flavor oh, layered. Infused. Don't be afraid to mix two of them together. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And on sunflower seeds. I'm telling you. Go do it on sunflower seeds. I think uh, it's delicious. You're probably not going to hear us talk about 
uh, Clint's elk tag until after the fact now. Maybe, but yeah, uh, I'm ready. We're gonna have that update coming for you very soon. Are you gonna shoot again? Or are you dialed in? I'm gonna shoot one more time this so weekend. This weekend, and what I felt really good about too, and I think I mentioned this to you guys, but uh, I did not miss, and I, I, I was like in the center of the of the steel target at all those long distances. What'd you shoot out to? Eight hundred. Eight hundred. The further out I went, shot, the though, more like dialed chance. in I was. You're going to become one with your inner stealth, so. and you're going to sneak right in on one. Let's hope the buck fever doesn't kind of set <laughs> in. You'll get that. it to the point where you'll be able to tape him off real quick, make sure he's got a 55-inch main beam. I got I got my little cheat sheet. As I told you on many podcasts ago, that was something I wanted to get better at. I didn't think I'd be putting it to the test one year later, <laughs> but as you remember, yeah, I want to get, you know, field judging elk just cause you know, I haven't hunted them a ton, but I want to get better at field judging elk. So I got my little, uh, reference sheet and all that good stuff. I enjoy doing that. Yeah. We're going to ask you about that next time here. Cause we've run out of time. That's a good well, one. Yeah, That's I'm a gonna, good one to start with. Field, it, field, uh, let's do that. Let's do field judging. Uh, any of the big ooh, game. Don't, don't give up the, yeah. We're going to. All right. Ooh. Clint was never in the horror movie production. He gives it up <laughs> right at the beginning. <laughs> Get out. Um, it's good for No, everybody. I just want to say you thank you. You can't say that on the air. There's nobody <laughs> listening anyway. Uh, don't call him the best color man in, oh, for nothing. Uh, I want to just say thank you to me, not just because they Personally? Are, have yeah, partners with us, um, but making life a lot easier when you kill such a big animal like an elk i mean anything is down to geese or whatever you're going to grind or vacuum seal or anything but if you've ever used a kitchen aid grinder um, like i have you thank me i'm well. telling you for all the mother effort comments and son of a comments and am comments that you've ever had when grinding meat with a lesser <laughs> machinery go spend the money uh, they're actually, I think, 25% off a website right now, actually, site-wide. Get on. That might not be true when this airs. Yeah, that might not be true when this airs. But as of November 2nd, I believe it's true, 25% off statewide, uh, site-wide, not statewide. But go spend the money and get the proper equipment. It will make your life a lot easier one that day comes when you invite people over to uh help you out on grinding and vacuuming 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 sealing <laughs> vacuuming vacuum sealing and everything else that they have they even came out now with a sous vide Ooh, i always wanted one of those Ooh, yeah i, I had a uh, i had an old-fashioned and it was whiskey drink yeah it was yakka daniel single barrel sous vide with toasted almonds 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 and then those were obviously strained out it was one of the best old fashions i've ever had sounds delicious thanks for the invite <laughs> i could get you one tomorrow if you want it's not over i didn't make it myself i added a bar Ooh, happily take you we there. didn't even oh. talk about this one last thing what are we going to talk about nothing we really need to talk about but i just want to mention it because it is number one on Amazon right now. Pre-order sales our provider cookbook. Get out. I don't know when this one's going to air. It's probably going to air after the cookbook is 
available to buy. Right now, it's pre-order. It comes out November 9th. But get on the Provider Cookbook. Get on Amazon. There's a couple other uh, websites you can get it from. You can go to our per, uh, website, The Provider Life, and pick it up along with all our 10 rubs. Um, get the ultimate pack. Um, but I'm telling you, that cookbook, I think it's like 250 pages, Dollars? 250, oh. no, $35, 254 pages or something of just awesome photography from Tom and stories from all of us, you know, about butchering and hunting and killing and, and, uh, then obviously all the recipes from all of us and all of our friends across the country. So it's what a I, hell, hell of a cookbook, but get out and, uh, get it. I'm what gonna, I think that we need is a bumper sticker that says, Stop making duck poppers. Theprovider.com. <laughs> that's it. That's a great. You know no, what I'm saying? Like, oh, it, it's cream funny. cheese, cream cheese, and jalapeno. Got to cover it up. We've eaten a million of them, and they do taste good. But it's a it's a way that people scapegoat eat ducks because they don't really know how to cook them and make them taste good. And not that ducks the only thing in that book, but I'm yeah. just saying it's we, one example of many. It's one example of many where you can be a better cook. I did see a. Uh, uh, there was a brief, not a brief, a full-length video of Clay's Hunt, and uh, one of those cauliflower ear gentlemen made a <laughs> Thai basil elk over white rice, mm, it and it looked amazing. It was. It smelled good. amazing. You were there. I was there. I was not. Uh, that's what I was just going to say. Wait till they come out with Smell-O-Vision. <laughs> no, that's a good thing about that the the cookbook. You can take a lot of it is wild game, but there's well, yeah, plenty not, of not too, yeah. plenty of them that are not. But even the wild game recipes you can adapt to normal game if you're not. Yeah, you could do beef if you're not a hunter. Like anything else? Yeah. Um, but there's fish recipes and and cocktails and a whole bunch of stuff in there. Well, and anymore you can buy wild game. Yeah, true. In the store, you know what I mean? Even at like Rayleigh's, I saw they had some elk. Yeah, it's different. Duck, it's ranch raised and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, duck, elk, bison. Yeah, yeah. it's all different. That stuff. It is not the same for you non hunters. And we have and a rub for the provider. We have a rub for all that. We have flaky. We got a rub for it. We got a rub for it. Like the hump out the hit, hit, go. Well, anyway, that's the, I guess, the shameless plug of some of our brands. But plug away. That's what we're yeah, here for. It's, it's, how else are we going to pay the bills? I just got a text earlier today that we sent a pre-order copy. We got some pre-order copies of the cookbook to some of the people that graciously put some of their family recipes in the cookbook. One of them got the cookbook and is ordering 12, 10 packs and 12 cookbooks for their family members for Christmas. That's how much they were like, this is incredible. Not not just because they were in it, but the photography and the feel of it and the look of it and it's, and it's the recipes are in it. Either and, one was a great gift. It's a great gift. So that get, hard to shop person. Yeah, it's a great gift. Uh, cookbook, ten pack of rubs, and you'll be talk of the town, talk of the family. You could even go to that family cookout that you're not invited to, unless <laughs> you want to save some money. Then bring up politics at Thanksgiving. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I just got a text message of. Picture of your guys as president and the first or the uh, vice president, and the caption said "shits and giggles." And on that <laughs> note, <laughs> I just saw it. You just texted to me. You see it? 
that's so awesome. I want to know who these geniuses are. I want to be. We've always made trolls. Full circle. I'm patenting that meme right there. We've always made. I mean, I've generally always made fun of the, you know, sitting in your basement, (laughs) your mom's basement, eating Cheetos and all that. But some of them are pure geniuses. Because who are those people that come up with that shit? Unreal. Unreal. All right. We're out of here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Meat. Thank you, Provider. Thank you, Clinton Clay. Thank you, all of you out there listening. Thank you. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you, Andy Perwin. Andy. Thank you. Christy. Thank you. Chad, Tom. Chad, Jennifer. Uh, well, everybody in our circle. See you, Jared. See you. Nine and three quarter fingered cop. <laughs>